Welcome everyone to the Speak Your Mind podcast powered by Torch Pro. I'm your co-host Riley Shan and with me as well as Danny Healy. Today we are joined by Vegas Golden Knights goaltender Robin Leonard. Not only is Robin a phenomenal goalie, but he is the trailblazer for advocating for mental health and hockey and sports in general. Robin, Danny and I are super excited for you to join us. I know your, your perspectives will be extremely valuable to our listeners. Um, so thanks, man. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you guys. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for starting to do stuff like this. We need more people um, jumping in on these conversations, especially people in the spotlights. And, um, you know, the more people that keep talking and more men talking about, you know, mental challenges, stuff like that, to kind of normalize it, the more headway we're going to make. Absolutely. Even after our first few, a couple episodes, we've had a few people reach out and it seems to be resonating with our audience. So I just want to thank you for your time and sharing your story. Um, I think it's going to really help a lot of people. So I guess just to start then, um, just walk us through your story. I know you suffer from bipolar disorder, ADHD, some PTSD, and then a little bit of substance abuse. Um, you've been pretty vocal about that. Um, just tell, like, when did this start? When did this kind of come to the surface? Um, just, just kind of let us know. Let us know your story. I mean, it's a, uh, yeah. I mean, this is a big question. You know, you guys got to cut me off. Is it, uh, you know, it's uh, um, that will take some time. But you know, to you know, short version it. You know, it's. Uh, I think a lot of. Uh, what I've learned over the past bunch of years, and I've been involved with rehabilitation since I was a kid. You know, me, uh, my father was actually, you know, he had a uh, a big uh, rehabil uh, rehabilitation uh, uh, centers uh, all over Sweden. Um, so we had like he had like fourteen, fifteen of them. Uh, and, um, so I pretty much grew up on these, in these places. Uh, so I've been, you know, been around, you know, uh, addicts and, you know, uh, these, you know, people are struggling, you know, with the, you know, it comes out of jail for different things and rehab, rehabilitation, both, you know, substances, uh, different addiction, criminals, people with, you know, that's made bad choices. And that's kind of, since I was a kid, I grew up with and kind of got the understanding of it which is kind of weird that you know that should be in, maybe i shouldn't have gone that direction but it's you know you, you can't really uh you know stare what's going to happen in the future and all that type of stuff but i think all what i've learned over years is trauma right so like everyone goes through their lives and sees different things and experience different things and a lot of things that you know uh the article that i let out a lot of things that i can't you know can't and don't want to share that's that's happened and uh, i think it all leads on to certain things and that's where kind of when i went to rehab i got to really map it out and kind of see where a lot of these problems started where the mental illnesses started developing I also have the uh, mental illness in my family uh, uh, and the family tree with, uh, and, you know, close people with suicides and all that types, types of stuff that I've been, I've been seeing a lot of these things for my whole life. And, um, you know, and, 
I, I started living by myself at a young age. You know, I moved out when I was 15. I started working a bit. And, um, you know, my draft year, actually, I can't believe I actually got drafted because I quit hockey my draft year and uh, took uh, almost a one, one and a half, half month break around December, uh, middle of the season, came back. But the 91 born goalies in Sweden at that time wasn't that great. So I didn't play that many games that year. And finally, in the end of the season, I came back. I wasn't playing much because obviously I went away and still got invited to one of these national team uh, tournaments in Fargo and had a decent tournament and uh, got drafted and then moved to, uh, wanted to get up and get away from all the chaos that I had in my life and uh, moved to take a step to junior. And uh, I think I was 18 at the time. and. You know, back then, you know, uh, uh, one year of Sault Ste. Marie, then go pro the same. At the end of that year, when I was nine, 19, started the NHL, AHL path. And, you know, with all the baggage and all the stuff, you know, you start getting access to a lot of things. And the culture back then was a lot different as today. You know, AHL back then was, you know, you 19-year-old, you live with your, you live with your, teammates and it was you know it, it, it was tough at times and um and uh, since then i just kind of been surviving and try to do what i need to do to keep my head in check but uh, obviously not the right things and i didn't understand what i was dealing with so i was treating it my own ways and uh, um uh you know then with uh what would you say you know al alcohol was always the thing to calm me down uh with a bipolar and ptsd and stuff when it kind of gets mixed together it uh, it can mess uh, and cycle my bipolar quite a bit and even in the ups and the downs the the drinking was always uh, um like a thing that calmed me down it was like a my medicine to feel normal and don't have you know all the demons in my head and uh, developed into, you know, with uh, sleeping pills, you know, I couldn't sleep because of a lot of these issues. And uh, so this kind of kept snowballing a little bit uh, in the beginning, uh, wasn't too much, but then after my first bad concussion, that's where it kind of starts snowballing. And uh, when the snowballing was starting from there, I had a surgery on my uh, ankle when I got to Buffalo. Uh, that was treated extremely poorly and uh, ended up having to have surgery on it instead of the uh, natural rehab that was that we were supposed to have. And uh, um, yeah, uh, it all came to a point where I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I had uh, I had my panic attack and I didn't, I thought I was having a heart attack. I'd never had anxiety before. Anxiety is what I've kind of have since after rehab, you know, because before I was, you know, drinking a lot, you know, so I never, that was like, I never knew what anxiety, anxiety was until I stopped drinking. Yeah. And, uh, um, so when I had that panic attack, you know, it was, it, there was no one that forced me to go anywhere. I, I wanted to go. I asked for the help. I wanted to go to rehab. I, you know, we went to rehab. Uh, it was, it was good. I, I kept prolonging my stay a bunch of times because I wanted to do it Till I was ready and uh, since then like the whole kind of journey from there has 
it's been really, really good. And uh, let's just kind of keep advocating and keep talking, keep speaking about the truths out there and uh, what the problems are. And so other people don't have to do this because there's so many people that deal with all these things that I've been dealing with. And you can't really be open about it. You can't get the right help, even though there's some really good things in place to get help. But, you know, when you have to hide everything from everyone and, you know, it makes it even worse than you telling yourself there's something wrong with you. And it's not the mentality you should go around and live with. And that's what they kind of teach you at rehab, right? The close family and everyone should be aware and, you know, help each other. And in sports, who's your family really? It's your team, you know, those are the people you spend the most time with and all that type of stuff. So, um, you know, I've been trying to shift, shift it a bit uh, by doing and being open and honest, but it has also proven very dangerous to do, unfortunately, because you get punished, uh, punished in society by being open and honest. And that's why mental health is in such a bad place. Uh, in the world today yeah well yeah for sure and it takes people like you i think to kind of that are in the spotlight to bring it to the service i know simone biles michael phelps all these things going on right now i think it's pretty special where this uh kind of the direction mental health is going in and, and kind of coming out and speaking your story and things like that i had a i had a quote from you i think in your sports illustrated article just talking about rehab it said it was uh, one thing I have done in my life that made me feel like a true man. I thought I was pretty powerful because um, I think up to that point, you're having a good career and your hockey was going well. But I think just you can separate that. And um, I mean, life is one thing, your sport's another thing. I think just being able to differentiate the two is, is pretty special. Uh, can you speak about what rehab was like, kind of like what the process was and kind of just some, I don't know, some certain things about it that really helped you specifically yeah no I, I think this is the thing right like what I think about rehab right the first the first part of it that it wasn't more it wasn't much of anything you know until you kind of landed and you know got used to it and, and that's why I kept extending because I kept like but it's like when you kind of map out your life but also it's it's about education. In my opinion, rehab is about education uh, because every person walking on this earth, they don't know, the, they are the person they are. They don't know if what they are is a problem. You know, it's not, if, if you don't know what ADHD are, how would you know that you have ADHD uh, if you have ADHD? You understand what I mean? Uh, you yeah. You, you only, this is your life and who you are is who you are, you know? So you, you don't know what you have, you know, you are the person you are until you, you know, uh, get people to educate you on it and you can do your own research. I did. And that's, I think is really important too. You need to dive in and make, or make up your own opinions and, and, and really research and do all, uh, and, and really jump into it to understand and be open-minded and try a bunch of different things from, you know, medicines to natural medicines to, you know, different techniques, breathing techniques, all those types of things you can do, right? To see what fits for you. Cause there's a not a one size fits all. I think the biggest problem of mental health is the actual stigma and everyone have different 
opinion of what stigma is, but what's hard for mental health is when you have to hide it and isolate and all that stuff, you keep this negative thinking, right? To hide something because there's something wrong with you. Because we have that as a society that if you show any weakness, then people take advantage of it. But who are the people? It's corporations and, you know, it's just, let's just take the NHL without making it a bad thing. I'm very lucky to keep playing the NHL. I have a, a good contract and all that type of stuff. But I mean, I was punished by it while being open with what I was dealing with and what my support network was. Well, we have another 20 plus people in the locker room that are struggling as well with a bunch of things right. that the GMs don't have a clue about. Right. Plus, I've had in every team I've been, coaches, GMs, the trainers, all these stuff are dealing with the same shit as well. Yep. You understand what I mean? It's But in business, you know, it's about leverage. And when you show weakness in negotiation, when you show weakness, it 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 takes away opportunity and it takes away uh, potential and uh, it takes away the leverage of things. That's kind of the problem. That's why people are hiding everything, and uh, it's a problem. In and again, I'm very fortunate playing the NHL. I'm not complaining. You know, all that stuff's great. But what about all the other people? You know, with the, say uh, cops and doctors and lawyers and all these uh, other people. You know, that can't get the help. You know, and uh, you know suicide rates and all this stuff is just constantly going up and everyone talks about suicide rate, but like drug abuse and, you know, anger and, you know, uh, killings and all these types of things. You know, I had a lot of people get angry at me at social media the other day is saying that when I was saying that, you know, if you're a person that can abuse someone or hurt another person, you're obviously not mentally well. And everyone's like, oh, that's not what the police uh, says is a mental illness. Well, I don't care what the police says is a mental illness because police treats mental illness worse than any other uh, organization on earth. They don't get any help. Right. You understand what I mean? And what the, what the government says is a mental illness is the same where, you know, I hate when I see big uh, mental health organizations when there's like a mass shooting or something. Oh, don't blame this on mental health. Well, it is. If, if, if you can take a, if you, if you, if you can take an AR-15 and, and shoot up a bunch of people, there's a problem in your fucking head. Yeah. And I yeah. think one thing you talked about weakness, and I think speaking up about struggles with mental well-being is the opposite of being weak. And you said it in your acceptance speech at the back of the 2019 Angel Awards ceremony um, when you won the Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy for perseverance and sportsmanship. But you said that something so powerful that I want to bring out a little bit more, but you said, I'm mentally ill, but that does not mean I'm mentally weak. Could you just talk a little bit more about what message you were trying to drive home um, when you said this statement? Well, that's part of the stigma, right? Like that we, if you have any type of uh, problem in your head, right? Uh, or with your brain, that we all go through in some part of our life. If it's like losing a relative, going through marriage, you know, financial issues so that a lot of people are in in the world and all this stuff is causing trauma and traumatic stress you know and that develops into ser more serious illnesses right and uh, does that make you weak or does that make you stronger you understand what i mean like a lot of the things i had to play through in my life uh, with unfortunately with the luggage and stuff that i have from my past and stuff you know like it doesn't matter if you know, and it's sad to say, but it wouldn't matter if one of my parents would die on the same day as the game day. 
I have that ability. I can take that out of my my head, and that sounds crazy. But you know, from all the struggles that I've had, and I've been able to, you know, hockey's been like a sanctuary for me from the rest of my life. So when it's come to hockey, I, I have that ability of just take everything out of my head and just focus on the game, yeah. and uh, that requires men- mental strength. But that I have bipolar one and have all these other issues okay how how is that how is that a weakness if you know you put the right structure around you and you are medicated and you're doing things the right way how how is that a weakness you understand what i mean and the the world still looks at it as a weakness and that's where i kind of we're making the world a big disservice to everyone you know because when we have to hide these things that we all are going through at some capacity of depression, anxiety through our lives, or obviously there are different grades and there's, you know, you go into, you know, diagnose like what I have bipolar disorder, most, one of the most stigmatized disorder there is. Yes, I can't, I will have it for the rest of my life, but if I take the medicines, I'm, I'm leveled. You understand what I mean? It's one of the most treatable once as well but the stigma out there is like oh a bipolar person he goes on a manic episode and he uh, runs around the street uh, street screaming about aliens and all that stuff you know i had cops telling me this stuff oh i had this bipolar person he you know he he was running around with a gun on the street and he saw aliens all this shit and i'm like well was he on drugs yes okay so do you think it's you know his episode and all this uh, whatever triggered by him not getting the health care that he, he's supposed to have. And he was on a lot of like sub- substances and all types of stuff. And that's what that episode kind of is. You understand what I mean? And I mean, I've had, uh, you know, episodes as well. And I've learned, you know, as I said, I've learned to control them. But I had some pretty uh, crazy ones too uh, throughout my life. But I I never I could never understand there was something wrong. It was just who I was. You understand what I mean? And uh, um, that's kind of where I come to that. But before I'm jumping as to what uh, Riley was uh, uh, asking me earlier was, uh, and I didn't answer him actually about that taking the decision was to to go to rehab was the biggest thing that I've done to feel like a man, which is incredibly important. This is also the thing we kind of, you know, it's been a lot of Twitter and stuff lately, you know, because, you know, it's off season and there's a lot of tension in the world right now with a lot of different things. It's when I went through my mental struggles and all this stuff, the only solution I had that worked for me was to isolate and, and do my thing to, you know, feel okay in my head. You understand what I mean? To, to find an escape, to find, you know, put myself into something, obsess about something, do, you know, and, and, all, and it affected my family. But I was always scared about reaching out and getting the help that I needed and, and kind of because, you know, I couldn't like be a good father or a good husband or whatever you want to say. And um, uh, so, you know, because I was scared of letting people know and all that stuff, you know, that was obviously a weakness of mine that, I didn't dare to do it. So that's why I'm saying like taking that step and being open and honest 
is what I feel is the manliest thing that I've done because that affected me as a father and a husband and all that stuff that's truly, truly matter, right? Yeah. And uh, that's why I, uh, why I, what I meant with that, so. Yeah, I think it kind of aligns here. I know like you had, you had your panic attack in 2018 and you were with the Sabres then, right? Yeah. And then you signed with the Islanders the following season, right? And you yep. were you're clean and you kind of figured some stuff out in that in the meantime there. So I I pulled a quote from Barry Trotz and obviously Barry's had a really successful coaching career the last 10 years or whatever. And amazing man. Yeah. He said, you can't be a good player and sustain any kind of success unless your personal life is in a good place. You might be able to do it for a short time, but you won't be able to do it long term. And I thought that was me. And you can apply this to hockey. You can apply to sports. You can apply it to business, anything, right? And I think you kind of just hit it on the head there by your time in, in rehab, just figuring out what you needed to do to be a good father, be a good friend, be a good teammate. And then you look at your career since then, and it's just kind of taken steps up. Now you're earning big money, doing playing hockey. You're probably enjoying it a little more. And it's just kind of, it's funny. I love, I love that quote. I think that just anybody can take that and, and, uh, and apply it to their own life. So, I mean, maybe speak on like your relationship there in, in the island. I know you've had, uh, you've been vocal about how special the place is to you. Oh, it was, uh, I mean, uh, Long Island truly, you know, when I got out of rehab, I was probably more lost than I was before, you know, um, you don't know your career path, all this stuff. I had some really bad interviews with some teams that uh, really almost pushed me back over the edge. And almost, I really close of, you know, my career was done there uh, until I got the call from um, my agent to go and see Lou Lamarillo. And then the day after, saw Barry Trotz and uh, some of the most special moments of my life, just sitting down with them because nothing was about my past, nothing was about my issues, nothing was about rumors or this or that and all that types of stuff it was we sat and had family conversations you know uh, you know his values about life and talk about his family and my family and you know same with trots and you know it was it was not like they weren't sitting there judging me and you know uh, putting me down like the other teams was and um and um that when i went there goes to the next level where you know Obviously, it wasn't a great tenure in Buffalo, and I uh, had some issues up in Ottawa. But listen, first preseason game, I re released my article and all this stuff. The first time I got a standing ovation and people screamed my name was in a preseason, first preseason game. First game I played with this team. And, you know, they had Matt Martin and all these uh, guys, you know, fan favorites. That was, and they shared the, 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 the loudest for me, and that's never kind of happened. So, it's, uh, uh, you know, and they were so special to me that year that uh, helped me incredible through some of the tough times to kind of readjusting to the new lifestyle and going through testing medicines and all types of things. So uh, it was uh, an incredible year there with them. And uh, um, yeah, that's what Barry said. You, you, you know, you will be more successful when you have everything um, in your personal life in order and all that stuff. But that's the thing too, you know, like when you have, luggage and stuff you don't just go to rehab and everything's gone you still have you know 
the 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 baggage of your past you understand what i mean that you got to sort through so it's not like you know went to rehab and in rehab you fix everything you know it's just like kind of the first tools to understand what your problems is and the aid uh, different aids that you can use to you know deal with things better and don't overthink don't uh, uh, and and just do thing in, uh, things in a better manner and uh, then it's up to you to keep that journey going with research and what works for you and find the right uh, therapist or psychiatrist and all that stuff because that's a big issue too like every i've had some really bad ones and i now i have some really good ones it's people go to it's like anything right like there's not like every doctor it's the same doctor in the, in the world you know there's different you know grades and how good it is and it's really hard to get uh, get to them and there's not unfortunately it's a lot of people that don't get that type of help that i've been able to get here in the last few years with my psychiatrist who's been amazing and the program's been good too and uh, they uh, you know it's it's been good uh, um but it's not like i'm not struggling still and i will always struggle with a few things but a lot of people do you know everyone yeah. does i i keep saying to people without i'm not trying to be a guy that put out diagnoses and uh, you know a doctor i'm not trying to act to be a doctor but you know i as i said i've been around the rehabilitation world my whole life i i understand a few a bunch a bunch of things but really after rehab and the last uh, year, all the years after that working with the different organizations and all that stuff and all the research and talking to countless of people uh you know you go into a hockey team you know you can see i mean how many people in a hockey team has OCD, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> there, there's crazy rituals that they have to do every game, every, you know, eat the same, the same thing. They have to stick tap the wall 15 times while putting the left gate on first while, you know, you have to do this and that like yeah. it's so, so many. Uh, and then how many people can I see have ADHD with a uh, stuff but like in sports, we like to label it in different ways than what there like really a, is. A super, a superstition. Superstition, superstition. it's not OCD, but (laughs) my favorite, my favorite is people are nervous and they can't handle the pressure. And that's, that's anxiety. Yeah. It's anxiety, performance anxiety, where if we had focus on mental health uh, in sports and had people working with the mental health aspects, instead of everyone is like, oh, let's bring in a military guy to have a speech or just focus on sport uh, like the physical body and the gym all the new stuff lasers all type of crazy stuff they're doing now put some mental health there how come uh, there's so many people through this my 11th year in the league that i've you know as a goalie i see it especially so many talented players that come in and practice and go bar down on me all the time yeah but they comes to a game they can't even hit the net yeah how come oh they can't handle the pressure they're nervous no they have anxiety you understand what i mean like it's it's uh uh, you you also see players that go through are happy through big parts of the time and then they're down you know you can see the depression you can see the anxiety you can see the ups and downs you can see bipolar i i mean i can see it but Mm -hmm. no one can say anything about it you know and it's uh it's unfortunate because I think there could be so many players that's been so good and so talented that's just been brushed off because they're not the game performer. You understand what I mean? 
where yeah, it could sure. be in a little bit of help to fix that, fix that anxiety problem, and they could have reached their potential. But we as a sports community, we don't look at it. We just look at it as a weakness, take in the next one. Weakness, take in the next one. And uh, I think a lot of careers have been ended early for that. And and uh, I think that we have a long ways to go with understanding all these things. And the funny part is, is every kind of GM and coach and all that stuff that I talk to this about, they all agree with it. But yeah, it's I mean, action, it's, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it is. You had after speaking up, you had one of your, your best seasons as an NHL player. But kind of shifting gears from the rink um, to your life with your family, how did speaking up um, about your mental health help in with your relationships off the ice? Maybe you talked about your family. Um, so coming out of that 2019 article and, and speaking up, um, what were the changes in your in your real day to day life? No, I mean that that's where the game changing uh, thing comes. I think a lot of people that deals with mental health issues they isolate and they keep it to themselves. And that spirals things down. So say, for example, I start getting mild depression, right? What what drives, say, depression or anxiety? You know, it's emotions. Uh, so it can be like, you know, guilt or whatnot. You, you know, there's a bunch of different emotions. It can keep triggering it to spiral it down and all that stuff. And that was one of the parts for me before I was open with my wife and everyone around was like, Okay, I'm starting to go in a little bit of a downhill spiral. What was what was my goal to? Well, then I isolated and stayed away from them because I didn't want to be around, can even be around my kids. You know, like it was, I was just too much in my head. I wasn't comfortable. And that, what happened then? Then I started feeling guilt because, you know, I wasn't around. I wasn't a good dad, you know, and I knew I wasn't a good dad, but I couldn't do anything about it. I didn't spend time, uh, time with my wife. I didn't, you, you, you know, so... Right. Guilt starts coming in and then it spirals, gets worse, worse, worse and worse. But then when you open up and you, I took against everyone's, everyone told me not to, I will be punished financially. I will be punishing contracts and all these things. Be open with the article and be open with my team with, you know, I, I didn't want anyone to hide my medications at the rank. I took my medications at the rank. I had my, uh, the first few years, uh, had my trainers give uh, my medications to me in the locker room you know because i wanted to normalize it you understand what i mean but it did punish me but it also saved me in a way you understand what i mean and the difference here where the key is what i said about my family before when i spiraled was afterwards i could just be open with my wife and say hey i'm not doing good you know uh i'm i'm starting to get down a little bit and we, we could have a fast chat about it and just say like, listen, I, I need to take the day, you know, but what happened then was, yes, I went down, but I cut out the guilt. So he didn't go down further. You understand what I mean? And then we start cooperating more with me and my wife in terms of, you know, seeing certain uh, things and behaviors or whatnot. And we, that's what you need. And that's what rehab preaches. Um, uh, a lot of rehabilitation preaches, get your surrounding Put up your walls and all this stuff to 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 be able to do the right things going going forward. And in hockey, and I understand why, but I don't agree with it. But I understand why is okay. Go get help. Don't tell anyone. It's all about you and maybe a therapist. But they're not. Do you you see your therapist or you talk to your psychiatrist once a week, maybe every two weeks? 
You understand what I mean? Your family is your family, but also your family is the team you play for that you're with all the time. So when you got to constantly hide what problems and issues you have, then you automatically going to spiral in all these ways. You understand what I mean? And then you have to act like something again that you're not. And when you act out to the public about something that you're not, and you can't be open and honest with people who you are or what your faults and stuff are. It's like you're telling yourself in the back of your head that there's something wrong with you. So that's the negative thinking again, where I can openly say that I'm a proud bipolar person now, you know, because it's also, as it can be my greatest weakness, it can also be my greatest strength, you know? And I think there's, there's, uh, you know, all these polls around the world, uh, US, you know, X amount of people bipolar and all this stuff, X amount of people, anxiety and all this, it's all bullshit. bullshit. I mean, for first, we have a culture that you'd never acknowledge these things. So where do they get the statistics from? Who is openly in the US saying that they have an addiction problem or are bipolar or are struggling with anxiety and all this stuff? They say they do surveys, but who, 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 I mean, it doesn't make no sense. Plus majority of people can't even afford in the US to go and get diagnosed, to go and get to rehab yeah. or go and get help or even afford the medicines. So how do they know? You understand what I mean? It's uh, yeah. It's so backwards, and that's where the problem I feel. If we can normalize it, and people can get the help, and we can understand that the brain is the same as your body, your leg, your knee. You know, there's you know ways to be treated for all types of different problems you can have with your brain. As much as you have a surgery on your knee, I mean, you see people with you know, multiple surgeries on their hips, knees, all that stuff that, uh, you know, comes off injury year, but come back and have a huge contract, you know? A lot of people keep saying, yeah, I have my best year of my career and I've been the best, uh, you know, after rehab and all that stuff. But listen, man, like, <clears throat> I don't care what anyone in Buffalo and Ottawa said. I had a couple of you know, before I got my concussion, I went through a little slump there and I wasn't doing good, uh, good mentally there at that time. And in Buffalo, I definitely wasn't, but I still put up 92% uh, save percentage during those years. But uh, I, I sucked in shootouts, so I was brutal. So that's just uh, kind of where things were at, you know. It's, yeah. But obviously, it has helped me to become a better goalie afterwards, but it's also other, you know, as I said, other challenges arises when you come out of it because all of a sudden I get to experience anxiety. And anxiety, I think, is one of the toughest parts for me. I think anxiety for me is tougher to deal with than the bipolar. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's kind of like I, that, when you say anxiety, just kind of that constant like want to escape whatever you're doing. Is that like when like is that how you feel anxiety? Like if I feel anxiety before a game, I know like it's shit. Like I really don't want to play. Like I gotta get out of here. Um but I've, I've been able to like kind of minimize that feeling. Um, but even like just like some social situations where you're not comfortable and you're, you're just like, okay, hey, I, I really want to get out of here. I find anxiety always wants, kind of just pulls me out of the, the present and I just, I want to yeah, escape. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, yeah, uh, well, for me with anxiety, it's like, I think anxiety affects my physical body the most, you know, like breathing and tightness of my breath. Yeah. And, uncomfortable feeling but in in the terms that mine with anxiety is it's as you said you don't want to be at the, your brain don't take you at the present moment you're always in 
like either you think about something in the past or most normally in my case you future think you know yeah. like what's going to happen tomorrow what's going to happen next week next year what happens if this happens and it kind of spirals <laughs> away and it keeps building and building and yeah. once anxiety grabs really grab grab you it can really spiral to some crazy places you know yeah. and that's why i say that anxiety can be for me the toughest thing to deal with um but again i have an incredible psychiatrist we've been working through a lot of things and have a good support network and all that stuff so like i've been learning to deal with that very well as well but it, in the end of the day i think that we are so far behind of there's so many different things that you can do and that's why you got to also research i think there's some natural medicines I, I believe there's you know natural ways there's obviously medicines are important and that's another problem in itself and the medicine prices and all that stuff in the u.s and not many people can get it. I mean, I looked up my prices of my medicines when I was in Chicago were like 3,500 bucks a month. I mean, who's yeah. gonna, you know, but NHL is paying for it. So I'm a lucky one, but what happens to, most people can't afford that, you yeah. know? It's, yeah. I got one, so, one more question. We'll, we'll wrap yeah. up here in a second. I got one more question, but when you start talking about all this stuff and um, just being honest and kind of open, what was it like, like, I'm not going to ask who or anything, but teammates or guys around the league, like teammates start leaning on you or you get a little outreach about guys and like, Hey, like I deal with this stuff too. And it's been a confusing time. Like, yeah. can you help guide me a bit? Like were you, were you yeah. kind of leaning on a bit by your teammates? Yeah, no, I, I mean, yes. Uh, this is the thing, right? Like I'm not trying to bash on anyone because I think every mental health organization is important. Uh, problem is that major like a, a lot of the bigger mental health organization if you do the digging they're backed mostly backed by the pharma pharmaceutical industry um so i try to stay away from them but still like i the, the biggest thing for me right since i've been open i've had tremendous outreach you this is the problem like i had to make a decision go the path that, I, path that I'm trying to do right now to plan how can I help as many people as possible by being open, honest, you know, uh, try to be as genuine as I can on social medias and interviews and all that stuff, even though 90% of what I say always gets cut. But uh, try to do that. But you should see my social media platforms, the amount of direct messages I get in the Instagram and Twitter, you know, of, I can't even tell you how many people you understand what I mean that's struggling with the same thing and if you look at that tweet the other day where I said uh, you know the bipolar thing and how many people that was truly special with that tweet was how many people opened up on a public forum on that tweets to saying what they were struggling with and that's a pretty incredible start to it but when it comes to the NHL I had many people reach out to me and um, and talk about a lot of these things because that's why I struggle with like, I, you know, the Bell Let's Talk campaign has helped, probably helped a tremendous amount of people, but I believe that they go on about it in an entirely wrong way where they tell people to go and ask someone else how they were doing. That's yeah. not how people that are, it might help some small percentage, but then they get put in the corner like that I am healthy and you're not. You understand what I mean? And people shut down and don't say much. But people come to me because I've already opened up. They have no embarrassment to come to me. You understand what I mean? And even through COVID, you know, I've had a lot of 
players and you know uh, personnel that types of things you know like talk to me and uh, open up and that's been struggling with, through covid with with a lot that made me open up about the covid isolation and restrictions because i've seen how bad it does but it's not because they just come to me i go up to people i'm like i don't like uh, how are you doing blah 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 well I've been struggling lately at home, you know, I, you know, it's been tough with the, 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 the isolation, you know, like you've been depressed, you know, it's, it's kind of hard just sit around and not do anything. It's kind of, it's, some days it's harder than others with my wife or whatnot. You, you, and you open the conversation, then they open up. Yeah. Yep. Then they open up. Yeah. Not when you go and just trying to put them in a corner and try to do those things. So that's why I say it. The more people that kind of open up and normalize it, the more people you can see all over my social media platforms, it comes out like, okay, well, a professional athlete can say that it's this, then yeah, no, it's okay for me too, you yeah. know? Yeah, for sure. And then just the power, one, the power of vulnerability. Go ahead. One, one final question here before we, before we let you go, if you could just offer one piece of advice to anyone listening to this that might be struggling with their mental well-being that is nervous to take action on it and, and do the things and speak up. Um, just what's one piece of advice you could offer to those people? It's a tough question. You put you on the spot. It, it really is because you know what? It depends on what what, what your life looks like. You know, it's right. uh, it depends on what your goals are. It depends on, like, for example, if, if it's pure, like, say if you're a person that don't care, like, uh, about material things and, you know, uh, just want to live a normal, uh, normal, good life, blah, blah, blah. And don't care about money. I would say go out, do whatever you need to do. You understand what I mean? Uh, uh, say uh, to try to get help, be honest, all those things. But you, I have had a lot of other players that ask me, like, should I open up about this stuff? And I'm happy to see players do it. But I've said to every single one of them, no, not active, active players, because you will get punished. It will be tough. Social media will be tough. Uh, you will not get the pay you deserve. You will get the, the, a little bit discriminated against in, ter, uh, in certain things. And, you know, the sports world is very harsh sometimes. You know, like uh, if you if you're not if you don't have the thick skin enough for it, you know, you're gonna hear some things. You know, like uh, fans are ruthless. You know, so. That's uh, it's, it's a hard uh, question to ask. Right. And I think that's the stigma like you see in the NHL, like people losing money from something like this is what yeah. we're trying to change and what this podcast is, is goal to change. But no, that's, yeah. that's powerful. So thank you for sharing. No. Well, thank you guys very much. Yeah. All right, Robin. I appreciate your time, dude. And good luck thank this you. year. Maybe, uh, yeah. yeah, maybe let, let me score one on you. I don't know if they have ever scored a goal on you. I'm not a prolific goal scorer, but <laughs> nice to get one. Well, we'll we'll see. Okay. Well, thank you guys. <laughs> thank you, Robin. Right, I appreciate okay. the time. Have a good yeah, one. Bye bye. Bye.